Changed by Love is the teaching ministry of Pastor Jim Kevney of Calvary Chapel Morris Hills in Morris County, New Jersey. Pastor Jim's desire is to teach the Word of God with passion and simplicity, as well as a direct application to our daily lives. Today, Pastor Jim says the church needs you, but that may be a bit too general to understand on its own. You hear it and immediately think, needs me to do what? There is an endless list of options to help answer that question. The church is dependent on its members for everything that goes on. There are never enough volunteers to cover every need. So what is it that Pastor Jim says the church needs from you? It's the very thing that God asks from every believer. It needs you to be faithful. Well, let's join Pastor Jim in the book of 2 Timothy chapter 1 as he continues his message, The Church Needs You. The gospel is, is spread through God's people. That's how it works. That's how it happens. You know, just you'd be surprised. People say, you know, oh, I was talking to somebody about Jesus. I said, that was great. I said, they walked up to me because I had a name tag on. <laughs> and they're like, you must be official. <laughs> and I, maybe I should start wearing a name tag. But this is what we do as, as followers of Jesus. And may God give us the desire for knowing him, staying close to him, where speaking to people about Jesus is just a natural thing. The Bible says, from out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. It's sort of like meeting a couple that's engaged. Like, you're like, how's your new job? It's great. Did you know I'm engaged? Right? You know? <laughs> really, like, how's your family doing? They're fine. Did you know we're engaged? How's that new car? It's great. Did you know we're engaged? Right? <laughs> it's, sort of, it's sort of like one of those things. You're just in love and you just can't, you just can't stop talking about it. All right, now we move into chapter two, and the soon-to-be executed apostle Paul moves from the basics of chapter one, and he starts to move into the priorities of Timothy, for Timothy, in chapter two. So he's taught us a lot of basics, reviewed a lot of stuff we already have covered in a lot of other places, but he's moving us into these priorities. If you recall, a couple terms that we used before, I'll just talk about them again. Chapter one was full of indicatives. Indicatives, if you remember, we talked about it a few weeks ago, a few months ago, a few years ago. We've been talking about it for years. Indicatives are what God has done, what God has done. And then chapter two moves into imperatives. So what are the imperatives? It's what it's what God tells us to do in light of what he has done. If you will, they are the, the necessary responses to what God has done. However, it's important to remember that it's only because of what God has done that enables us to properly serve in the kingdom of God. If we're trying to do this thing on our own, you know, you hear people say, oh, I'm, I'm just burning out. I'm burning out. I'm like, okay, something's wrong. Now, if you're working nonstop, maybe that's, that's it. But we want to be fueled by the power of the Spirit. So for the Apostle Paul, theology, the study of God, learning more about God, it motivates a response in him. And he would tell us that it motivates a response in a true follower of Jesus Christ so what we know about God, the indicatives of what we know about God, about what he has done, okay, produce in us 
a godly way of living. So the first half of the chapter, which we're not going to cover, we're only going to get into the first couple verses, but the Apostle Paul begins with endurance. And failure here, failure to endure in the Christian life results in unfaithfulness, but it also results in desertion. And that's what happened to the the first guys we looked at. They just were not faithful. They were not enduring. And so it's true the Apostle Paul was writing to a church leader in Timothy, but all followers of Jesus as well need to endure. And I think the Apostle would have no problem telling us there's no excuse for that and there's no excuse for a lack of participation that we are to continue in the faith. And so the Apostle Paul is going to both encourage and empower Christian service. And obviously God is doing that for us through him. And so what he's going to do is he's going to do it by really initially saying words that are very personal. And sometimes I think when words are personal in the Bible, we need to take them and we need to insert our own names. So look at how he begins chapter 2, verse 1. You therefore, my son. Just picture God saying to you, you therefore, my son. You therefore, my daughter. So God just being very, very personal with you. Because we can sometimes disassociate ourselves from these things. We think, oh, this only applies to Timothy. No, God wrote it for all of us. You therefore, my son, be strong. The idea of that word is not just be strong in the moment. The idea is be strengthened. Be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. Now, while the expression, my son, is very personal and sounds very loving, it also reveals a certain seriousness. Those of you who are parents, you know when you just say, if you, if you say to one of your kids, you don't call them by their name, you're like, son, I need, I need to tell you something, right? It's, it's got a, a tone of seriousness to it. And remember, there's, there's no chapter divisions in the original Bible. That was written so we could find things very easily. Sometimes we like the chapter divisions. Sometimes we want to fight with them. But listen, kudos to the guy who did it hundreds of years ago. And so he could be saying, if you take the chapter division out, he could be saying, Timothy, my son, be like Onesiphorus. Be that kind of a man. Be a kind of a guy who's going to march into that Roman prison and not be afraid and know that, you know what? My life is in the Lord's hands. It could be also the contrast to the defectors. Timothy, you, Timothy, be strong in areas where others are weak. You hang in there when the going gets tough. You be loyal to the cause. You be loyal to the mission. You stay at it. 
Don't give up. Stay with it. And perhaps as simple as Timothy, listen, he said, everybody in Asia has deserted me. Don't follow the crowd. Follow the Lord. Be very careful because the crowd is often very, very wrong. Don't be naive. Don't believe the lies maybe you're hearing about the Apostle Paul. You can just imagine if some of those guys that are traitors are guys that he called out on the beach and he said, you guys are going to be the direct guys. You can imagine when he met those guys again, he wasn't too happy with them. And so don't give up. And what is he saying to Timothy and to us? The church of Jesus Christ needs you to be faithful. It needs you to be faithful, to hang in there. So let's be honest about something. Timothy did not have the inner strength, nerves, and backbone that the Apostle Paul did. I mean, that guy was like made of steel. Probably nobody, no Christian roaming the earth right now. If they are, they ain't living in the United States. <laughs> it's like that guy. You know, it's somebody being tortured somewhere for their faith. And so what is he doing? The Apostle Paul is calling, he's calling Timothy up to the next level. And, you know, if you're not moving forward, you're moving backward. We're never in neutral in the Christian faith. And he's calling him up to the next level of leadership. And no doubt throughout his career, we know that people were bad-mouthing the Apostle Paul and you could just picture the Apostle Paul saying to Timothy, if you're going to do this thing, if you're going to lead in any capacity, stop worrying about the opinions of others. And one of the things that I, I remember hearing when I first became a pastor, some of you heard of an old guy by the name of J. Vernon McGee. They had an interview with him on the radio, and he was talking about when he first became a pastor, and he he was out in Los Angeles, and he went to his mentor, and he said, uh, the people are telling all kinds of lies about me. What do I do? And he says, well, Vernon, are they true? <laughs> and he goes, no. He goes, well, then get out of my office. <laughs> like, don't worry about them if they're not true. And if they're true, change it. But if they're not true, you know, get with the program. That's just the way it goes. So he's kind of maybe saying to Timothy, resist the temptation to follow the crowd. Resist the temptation to, to give up. We might say in our, well, it's probably not politically correct to say it today, but I'm saying it anyway. Man up. <laughs> Man up. This was a men's retreat. I'd be saying other things that they'd have to edit out. Man up. And then he says, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. Also, in Timothy's case, Timothy is going to be asked, as we go further in the letter, to visit the Apostle Paul, to be entrusted with the very ministry that the Apostle Paul is in jail for. So he's going to like, you're going to, have to, you're going to have to toughen up. So let's remind ourselves what this ministry is. Go back to chapter 1, look at verse 8. Therefore, do not be ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor of his prisoner, 
but share with me in the sufferings for the gospel according to the power of God. Verse 9, who has saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given to us in Christ Jesus before time began. So what is he doing? He's repeating the fact that you do this thing in the power of the grace of Christ Jesus. He says the same thing again here in chapter 2, verse 10. But has now, been, this, is, this is what he's in jail for. This is it. But has now been revealed by the appearing of our Savior Jesus Christ, who has abolished death and brought life and immortality to light through the gospel to which I was appointed a preacher, an apostle, and a teacher to the Gentiles. For this reason, I also suffer these things. Nevertheless, I am not ashamed, for I know whom I have believed, and I am persuaded that he is able to keep what I have committed to him until that day. What day is that? The second coming. Two more verses, verse 14, he adds, by the power of the Holy Spirit. I'm going to be able to stay at this thing because of the grace of the Lord Jesus and the power of the Holy Spirit. So here, chapter 2, verse 1, he says once again to Timothy, be strong or be strengthened in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. Right here, loved ones. We have one of the most important things in the Christian life. You ready for this one? Drum roll, please. If you want to make it in the Christian life and you get what I'm about to tell you, you can make it all the way to the end. You have to admit to yourself the task is too great for you. Okay, that's it. The task is too great for you. You need help to come from where? From the outside to the inside. You need help to come from somewhere else to you. You need the grace of the Lord Jesus to come to you. You need the person of God, the Holy Spirit, to come to you because this thing, this task, is too great for you. What do you need? Divine enablement. Divine enablement. And divine enablement is needed because without that, without the Lord's strength and the Lord's grace, you will fail. And if you don't fail in dramatic ways, you will just wilt you will just wilt. It will get too hard. You will not even be able to get yourself up out of bed on a Sunday morning. Some of you are like, that's already happening, Pastor Jim. Right? You won't be able to do it. It's too hard. And serving God, forget it. Forget it. You know, we have a thing, if you serve here in the church, there's a drop-down menu on our servants page that you're supposed to let us know. We give you the dates we need to know by because we don't want to be unfair to the other servants. And it says, I need to make an appointment to take a break. So then they meet with me. Nine out of ten people, this is what they say. Can we forget that I ever sent that? 
And I said, well, it's nice. We can hang out and talk. You got 20 minutes or 30 minutes or however long you got for your after-service meeting or something like that. And I'll say, well, what happened? And they'll say, I had a bad Sunday. I said, yeah, I know. And they go, how do you know? It goes, because you wrote your email on a Sunday afternoon. <laughs> and I looked at the servant schedule, and there you were, <laughs> right? There was your name. So I knew that's what it was. And they go, and you met with me anyway? I go, yeah, I want to hear what's going on in your life. I want to hear what's, what the deal is, right? And so a lot of times it's like I was in the flesh that day. I was not operating in the power of the Holy Spirit. I was not walking and moving forward in grace, all the stuff that you teach us about all the time. And I'm like, well, okay, but here's a wonderful thing. You realized it. You realized it. And they're like, yeah, I noticed you didn't take me off the schedule. I'm like, of course not. I knew you weren't gonna, you weren't gonna drop out. I knew that. And like, how'd you know? I go, because I know you. You love those rats. I mean, those kids. <laughs> Those little brats. You love cleaning up around the church. You love serving bagels and coffee. You love greeting the people at the door. You love parking the car. I know you. I know you. And so we have to realize that we're, if we don't realize that we need divine enabling, we will wilt. Now, some of you might be sitting here and you're saying, I don't have it. I don't have that divine enabling. Well, here's the thing. You're flat out wrong. Flat out wrong. If you are a follower of Jesus, you do, because you have the indwelling Holy Spirit, and that's what you need. The question is, do you and I access the grace of God? You know, people, when you get so bent out of shape, when somebody says something that they don't like, you should be like, well, you know, Jesus, man, look at all they did to you, and you endured it for me. So we have to think about these things. We are continually strengthened by the grace of God. You know, the truth of the matter is, I know a lot of us in the Christian life have been sold a bill of goods. If you don't know what that expression means, it means that it's something that was presented to you in a false way. The power of the Holy Spirit this divine enabling is not some hyper-spiritual thing. It's just part of the grace of God. And he's telling Timothy, don't forget the grace of God is with you, therefore the divine enablement is with you. And the verse tense here is, be strong or keep on being strong. How? By continually being strengthened by the grace of God. So it goes like this, we are saved by grace, we are kept by grace, we stand in grace, we are empowered by grace, we suffer in grace, and we live the entirety of the Christian life in the grace of God. And when we begin to forget that is when we begin to wilt. It's when we begin to fall away. It's when we go back to the old patterns, the old things that in which we used to do. It may be fair to say that some of the determination is ours. I mean, we can't, again, we can't be too passive, but the source of strength for the Christian life is not ours. That comes from the Lord himself. In 2 Corinthians 
2.16, the Apostle Paul tells us that we are the fragrance of Christ. And then he says this, and who is sufficient for these things? Answer, no one. <laughs> that is the answer. No one. Okay, we are not sufficient in and of ourselves to be the fragrance of Christ to people. We can't do it. We can't do it. If Timothy is going to survive in Ephesus, remember the Apostle Paul, way back in 1 Timothy, he sent him up there because of such a troubled hot spot. Just imagine he's goes like, oh, I'm going to send you, Timothy, but, you know, I'm really not like you, Paul, and, you know, you're, you're you, and I'm me, and uh, <laughs> I don't know how it's going to work out. And he goes, well, you just get up there and you tell them what I said, right, and tell them they don't want to visit from me. And so they know that Apostle Paul comes and, you know, he's, he's going to bring it to them. And so if he's going to survive in Ephesus, and we are going to survive in our culture. We have to admit that we are not sufficient for these things, that we need the power of the living God. You know, I find over the years, sometimes we're amazed at how many people walk with the Lord for so long, and then they fall away. People are like, that guy walked with the Lord for 20 years. She walked with the Lord for 30 years. And all of a sudden, they give up. What's going on? But too many people think they're safe because they've been followers of Jesus a long time. And what do they do? They get sloppy. They get sloppy. Or they, too many people think that they're safe because they know the Bible. All right? Let's always remind ourselves, who knows the Bible better than all of us put together? The devil, <laughs> right? They get too cocky. Or some people think, well, I'm in the ministry. I don't hear guys say, like, I'm good, I'm in the ministry. I'm like, are you kidding me? All that means is the target on your back is double the size. Because if you do something stupid, more people will go down with you. Many of you know this. You've been here a long time. If you're new, now you got to know. People say to me, Pastor Jim, how can I pray for you? I say, pray, don't do anything stupid. And they go, no, really. I go, no, really. <laughs> right? Pray, I don't do anything stupid. Because if I do, the fallout for the other people is too, for so, uh, so many other people is too great. Now, listen, you're here, all right? If I do something stupid, this is what you do. You just keep going on. You'd be like, well, let's pray for Jim. He did something stupid, but, you know, we got to keep moving, right? Don't fall away because I did something stupid. But this is what happens to people. They sometimes do that. Other people think, well, I got some spiritual gift, right? Big whoop. Every, every Christian has a spiritual gift, right? People are like, well, you know, I can speak in tongues. Paul says, I speak in tongues more than all of you. Right? So he told the Corinthians, I'd say they were all, all hyped up, like, well, we speak in tongues. He's like, well, I speak in tongues more than all of you, right? And I'm not so impressed with myself. Whatever your gift is, you know, it's a gift from God. You didn't earn it. He just gave it to you. So there's nothing to be cocky about for something like that. Such arrogance cannot, 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 stand a chance 
fighting against a roaring lion that is seeking to devour you. Arrogance does not win that battle. What wins it? Divine enabling, the grace of God, the spirit of God working in and through you. Only the grace of God and staying close to Jesus can help you. Not to mention in this day and age in which we live in, right? The church is vastly outnumbered and we are vastly under finance. You know what we need to do? We need to pray like King Jehoshaphat. Listen to this prayer. Second Chronicles 20, verse 12. Oh, our God, will you not judge them? For we have no power against this great multitude that is coming against us, nor do we know what to do, but our eyes are upon you. That's the way you win. That's the way you win. Thank you for spending the last half hour with Changed by Love with Pastor Jim Kevney of Calvary Chapel Morris Hills in Morris County, New Jersey. Changed by Love is designed to help you deepen your relationship with Christ no matter where you are in your journey. Teaming with Changed by Love financially makes it possible to reach thousands, many more than you and I could reach on our own. We are stronger together than we could ever be apart. Please consider a generous gift today. Give safely and securely online at changedbyloveradio.org. You'll find our address there too if you'd rather send a check. You can always reach us by phone at 862-217-9686. It takes a team to encourage thousands. You and Changed by Love with Pastor Jim Kevney. changedbyloveradio.org.